Good morning and welcome to Get Up With God. It's good to see you this morning. Today, we're going to be discussing why Israel is our family. As you know, recently there's been a major attack on the city of Israel, on the country of Israel, the nation of Israel, and they have retaliated and declared war against the Islamist state of Hamas and the people that are attacking their country. And I want to talk today a little bit about our lineage as Christians. If you're a believer and you've believed Christ and received him as your savior, how you are part of the family of Israel now. We're going to go into that today. So open with me in your Bible to Genesis, the 12th chapter. It's great to see you this morning. And as always, be sure to subscribe on the YouTube channel, subscribe to the newsletter on my website. You can subscribe to receive the email that goes through our six points at 6 a.m. But today, as I said, we're going to be discussing why Israel is our family as Christians. Turn with me into Genesis chapter 12. Grab a notepad, maybe grab a pen, a cup of coffee. You can take some notes with me this morning. This is going to be a blessing to you and help you, encourage you but also give you some information that will empower you to live a healthy, happy, productive, and successful life in Christ. Not just now, but for eternity. And you'll live eternally with Christ. So let's turn to Genesis, the 12th chapter. And we're going to find out about a man named Abraham. You've probably read this. You probably know a lot about Abraham, but I'm going to give this as the foundation uh, of our teaching and what we're going to go through this morning that Abraham is the father we know as Christians, we consider him the father of faith. We've read through Romans, the book of Romans, where it explains that by his faith, uh, what the Bible explains in Genesis as well, but Romans reiterates it in the newer test, the New Testament, that Abraham was justified, made righteous by his faith in God. He didn't have Jesus to believe. There was no Jesus and the sacrifice that Jesus had. Now, Jesus was in heaven. He, he, he existed, but he had not been born to the earth yet. So there was no sacrifice of Jesus's body and his life that Abraham could believe on. So God being that he had faith in God, Abraham's faith in God was, was firm. There was a foundation to it and proven to God that God rewarded Abraham's faith by justifying him with righteousness. He was made righteous or made in right standing with God by his faith. So we know Abraham as the father of faith. And this is where we see it start to take place where God calls not Abraham, but Abram, and then eventually changes his name to Abraham, which means father of many nations. And this is what we see uh, God speaking to Abram when he was uh, younger. Now the Lord said to Abraham, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham departed and as the Lord had spoken to him. And then we find from there the lineage and what happens to Abram and what goes on in the earth from that point. But we see that the nations of the earth, what happened to Abram and eventually Abraham was the birth of the nation of Israel. You know, Abraham had a son, Isaac. Isaac had a son, Jacob, and then Jacob was renamed to be Israel. And that's where we see the nation now as Israel. And so this family, this lineage came from Abraham. So to be part of that lineage, you had to be born into that into that group of people to be born into that lineage, which we consider the Jewish people now. They are the pride or the apple of God's eye. They're the chosen people of God. So when you strike and attack the nation of Israel like they've done, you're not just attacking a people. 
You're attacking God and you're attacking his people. And he has a problem with that. And I can see that they're retaliating now. The, the Israelite people are attacking and on defense. They're not really even attacking. They're, de- they're on defense. They don't want to cause problems with other people. They want to defend their nation. They want to continue in peace in their nation. The Bible says in a Psalm, I believe it's the 122nd chapter, that we are to pray for the peace of Israel. And Israel's not searching for a battle. They're trying to defend their own. They're trying to glorify their God, and uh, who's who happens to be our God as well. And they want to defend with their own, but they're not going to get attacked and laid down easily. Can you say amen? So turn with me. To, so point number one, Abraham is the father of the nation of Israel. That nation came from that lineage of Abraham. Uh, you can write that down as number one. Number two, we are part of Abraham's lineage now. Turn with me into Galatians, the third chapter. We are now part of this lineage of Abraham and his family and his uh, that lineage that came from what we see Israel is now. Turn with me into Galatians, the third chapter, 26. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, there is neither Jew or Greek, there is neither slave nor free, and there is neither male nor female, for all are one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, so if you have accepted Christ, if you've been born into the lineage of Christ, if you have accepted Christ, I wouldn't say born into the lineage of Christ, that's phrased wrong. If you have accepted Christ as your Savior, accepted the work that he's done, this is the biggest differentiator we see is that people believe that Jesus walked the earth. No one has to no one has to defend that. No one has to de- no one even really denies that Jesus existed. It's not that we have to believe that he was a mythical creature that existed in times past. That's not who G- Jesus was a man. He came to the earth as God and he came to the earth and walked around as man and was born from a woman so he walked around as man and stripped his heavenly abilities to walk around like you and I do. But that's not the ability that you have to believe in. You don't have to believe that he walked around on the earth as a human being. People believe that. The enemy believes that. The enemy even believes that Jesus was here and walked on the earth. What the difference is, is you have to believe that he died, rose again, and then receive him now as your savior and as the Lord of your life. So the Bible tells us in Romans, it tells us that if we will believe on him, and it says throughout, it's littered throughout all the New Testament, if we will accept the work of Jesus and make him Lord of our life, not just believe that he existed, but believe that he died for you and died for me, made it a personal matter. He personally died for me. Now I make him the Lord of my life. Now I'm, I'm now what we're, I'm skipping ahead a little bit. Now I'm grafted into the family. Now I'm a part of this family, and that's what it says here. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed. This is verse 29. If you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What promise? You're part of the nation now. Now, you may not have access to you know living in that nation, not be a resident of that nation, but I can tell you this. You are now an heir of the promise of that nation. What that nation has promised, you are promised as a, as a believer in Christ Jesus. So what the word tells us, and we believe the word. 
So now you've been grafted into this family. Jump down to the next chapter, Galatians chapter 4 and verse 3. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Hallelujah. You've gained access now. You've, you've been uh, intertwined now into, into the family. Number three, I wrote this down. This is number three. You have been grafted in. Turn into Romans. Turn into the book of Romans. You've been grafted in the fourth chapter. Romans chapter four. You have been grafted into the family. Uh, grafting that word. Let me just read this first, and then we'll go into the definition of here what grafted means. Go into verse 16 of Romans 4. Therefore, it is a faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed. So now, what you got to understand is you are the seed now. You're a part of this seed. You're not just a far off person. You're not someone that's uh, that believes in and, and observing what's happened. But you get to partake now of the events that's going on. You get to partake now in the benefits and you you sorrow with the things that are sorrowful and you rejoice with the things that are worth rejoicing over. You take benefit in the things that are there. So he says in verse 16, therefore it is a faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seeds. So the access now is through faith. It's no longer through lineage or it's no longer through a birth because once you're born, you're born. But thank God we've been born again. You've been born again. And it's no longer just of birth, you know, once you've been born. But now because what Jesus did, now you can access all of the benefits without having to go back and be birthed the way that uh, the nation of Israel was birthed into it. I'm not diminishing anything the nation of Israel has. I'm not saying that um, you were you were born equal to the nation of Israel. That's God's eye, that, or the apple of God's eye. That's, that's his people. But you're born into it once you've received the work that Jesus did. So it's not that you just get, you know, you're born and you're alive just in, and you're in equal standing with everybody else. No, you're not. You have to receive the gift of Jesus. You have to receive the work that Jesus did for me and you. And the Bible says that it is a faith now that you can be a part of this promise. What promise? Well, the one we just read back in Genesis chapter 12. I will make you a great nation, bless you, make your name great, and you'll be a blessing. You'll bless those, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him that curses you, and all of the families of the earth shall be blessed. And we could go on and read throughout all of the book of Genesis and, and even into uh, Deuteronomy of the promises to those underneath the covenant with God, the blessings that come with that covenant. And there's a lot to it. There's a healthy life. There's a blessed family, a smart family, a, a wealthy, prosperous family. There's so much within the lineage that's promised to those that are within that lineage. It's, it's, it's what this life, may, it's what makes this life okay to be in, being a part of the blessing and not the, not, not the curse. Eternity in heaven is a wonderful thing, but knowing that your lineage within Christ Jesus being born into that Abrahamic covenant, 
back what we just read in Genesis. Now you've got a promise for here and now. That's a wonderful thing. You don't have to wait till heaven. You don't have to wait to heaven to experience those things. Uh, Therefore, it is a faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As, As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary in hope, in hope believed that this that so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already did dead since he was about a hundred years old in the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was uh strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that he had, that he who had promised, he was also able to perform and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. So long story short, Abraham trusted God and his trust in God was accounted to him for righteousness. Now jump over real quickly to Romans 11, Romans, the 11th chapter verse 16 for it. If the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches were broken off, and if you, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with them became a partaker of the root and the fatness of the olive tree, do not boast against the branches. But if you do boast, remember that you do not support the root, but the root supports you. Let me, let me break that down just real quickly. Number three, we're grafted in. This is what it says. And if some of the branches were broken off and you being a wild olive tree, that's me and you, unless you're born to the nation of Israel, unless you're natural, uh, you, you have J- Jewish lineage and that's where you come from. You're not part of that natural lineage. You have to be grafted into it. You have to be sliced. The root has to be sliced and you have to be grafted into the branches so that you can be a part of that. And that's done through faith in Jesus Christ. And he says, if some of the branches were broken off and you, this is Romans 11, 16, 11, 17, rather. And you being a wild olive tree, that means not part of the natural olive tree, were grafted in among them and with them became a partaker of the root and the fatness of the olive tree. So we now become part of by being grafted into it, not by natural lineage, but by faith we're grafted in. Here's what that word grafted means. Grafting is a horticultural term and it means to insert permanently to something else in an unusual or out of the norm way. So it's an unusual way, meaning you take a branch or a plant of one, of some sort and you slice the branch of it and make a, make a slice in it and you take another type of plant that's not of the same, um, I don't, I'm not a horticulturist, but of the same root or of the same type of species of tree or plant and you place them together by what's called grafting where you take a slice of that branch and you plant another one in the on, on the inside of it. Now that becomes one branch. And what he's saying in Romans 11, what Paul's saying is those that are of the wild olive tree, they're grafted in and among them and they become a partaker of the root and the fatness or the blessing of the olive tree. So now you partake 
as the nutrition flows through that olive tree, now you get to become a partaker of it because you've been grafted into it. That's good stuff. In the Greek, this word graft in, that word, that phrase graft in is edkentrizo. That's the Greek word, edkentrizo. And it means to cut into for the sake of inserting a scion or that's the type of branch or a new shoot or descendant. Think about that. That's the Greek term there is to cut into. So you're, you're cutting into the existing branch or we could say the existing lineage of the Israelites. We're cutting into that for the sake of inserting a scion or a new shoot, a new branch or a descendant now. So now you've become a descendant to the existing branch. Now I'm not taking anything away from what the Israel. What, I am. I have an, in no way uh, experienced the impact that the Israelite people have experienced today. That the nation of Israel is going through the uh, terrorist attacks that they're going through right now. I have in no way encountered, and unless you live there or have family there, you know it's hard to to fathom the impact that they have. Uh, the Bible talks about birthing pains that the, we would start to feel the the pangs of this time of what the end times are experiencing. That's the feeling that you get not being a part of it, but you, you get these birthing pains because you're seeing the groanings of the end times occurring and starting to happen. Uh, the, the, it is upon us. It's not that this is the event that's going to bring the end. Um, I'm, I'm a believer. The Bible says that, that Jesus said he would come at a time when nobody's expecting him. Well, every, not everybody, but I'd, I'd venture to say a lot of people are thinking, is Jesus going to return now? So a lot of people have that on their mind. Chances of him returning today, like while this is very conscious, this is war. This is rumors of war and war. That's what's happening right now. He, Jesus said these things would happen. It doesn't mean that it's it's any it's going to speed up the timeline. It means that we're in the time that he's going to be returning. You should live expecting every day that he's going to return. You don't know when he's going to return. But you, it's not a one event that's going to occur that's going to cause his return. He's already returning. He's He already has a plan to return. And this is just another sign. It's like a fence post or a... Um, a, a, fen- a sign on a fence that's pointing in the right direction saying this this is another sign that we are in the end times it's not an indication that we're any that, that he's going to move faster there's nothing that's had to change for him to come back any sooner this is just another sign that we're in these end times but my, back my point is we can't feel uh the impact as much as someone that's there right now in in uh, experiencing what's happening these terror attacks these murders these homicides that are happening these war crimes that's what's happening these people are are malicious and uh they're they're bent on destroying the israel people well we can't feel that and we don't want to take anything away from that i'm not trying to diminish what's happening but we're grafted into that's our family we have to believe with them, believe not just for peace. We pray for the peace of Israel, but not peace with these other countries. They're there to fight. They're to defend themselves. We should support that. And we do. We are supporting that. We're sending military help, but they're, we're not praying for peace with them and other countries. We're praying for the peace of Israel within Israel. We're beyond peace now in the Middle East there. I'm not praying for peace in the Middle East. I'm praying for peace within the country of Israel that they can hold the line. They can do what they've been called to do and stand up for what God's called them to do. But you've been grafted into that family. Isn't that good? You've been grafted in. Number four, 
This is what's interesting. I started reading about grafting and what this means and the impact it has on me and you. That word grafting, like I said, if you, it were to t- if you were to take a branch and slice that branch, make one slice in it, and then plant a foreign tree, a different type of tree into that, they would grow together and create a hybrid type of tree, but it'd be one tree now. It's a new lineage, but it's a the same lineage now. But what I found was interesting is uh, one of the, I read an article back from 2004 that said one of the most successful ways to have a six or one of the best ways to have a successful grafting of a tree or a tree branch is the sharper the knife, the higher the level of success it is. The sharper the knife, the higher the level of success that it is. So think about that back in Hebrews for time's sake, I won't turn there, but Hebrews chapter four. It says that the word of God is sharp. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. This word is what gets what what gets implanted on the inside of us. This is the engrafted word that we have that justifies our our lineage, our life by Jesus Christ. We take this word and it begins to cut between our spirit and our soul, gets down to the root of the matter of things. And it starts to tell us what directions to go. It gives us hope for a future that we should have. But that's that's how we become a successful grafted in one is not by um, not by the power or ability that you have, but by the power that the word has and the, the, the ability that the word can cut you down to your soul and down to your spirit and divide between what's fleshly, what's spirit and get to the root of things to help you be a good, uh, a good grafted in individual, be a part of the air, be a good heir to the promise that's available to you. So the sharper the weapon, not even the weapon, but the sharper the knife, the more successful that graft is. And we have a very sharp knife if you'll stay in the word, if you'll stay consistent in the word. Number five, the faith that we have is our access now. Turn to Romans chapter four again. Romans chapter four, the faith that we have is our access now. Oh, I'm right here in Romans. Romans chapter four, go to verse 13 again. Uh, Well, we start in verse 13. For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. So, So the promise that's available to you and me is not through a cov or a uh, written law that you have to follow these these directives or these restrictions but the promise that was available to Abraham and to his seed so again it's not just to Abraham the promise that would be the, uh, that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law but to Abraham and his seed through the righteousness of faith so the righteousness of faith is what gives us, grants us access now to the promises that were made available to Abraham, our faith. The Bible says in Hebrews 11.1 1, that now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. So our confidence, think about how simple this is, that not a sacrifice, not a written commitment, but our faith, inward faith, believing in hope that something is real. Believing that God is going to do what he said he would do. think That's what it says here in Romans 4 and uh, 21. And he being fully who? Abraham. Being fully convinced that he, God, who had promised, was also able to perform. 
and it was accounted to him for righteousness. That is what faith is. Not only do you believe in him who promises, but you believe in him who promises that he who you believe in is able to perform what he promised. That's what you have to believe God is. You're, you're a, you believe that God is not just a rewarder, but you believe he's a, 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 you don't believe just in God rather. You don't just believe that God exists. You believe God is a rewarder. You believe that he promises and that he commits and fulfills his promises. He doesn't just promise, but he fulfills the promises that he gives to you. That's a powerful word. That's what our faith is based upon. And that's how we have access now. That's how we gain this access to the righteousness, our right standing with God, but also to our lineage that we've been promised through Abraham. And finally, number six, faith is our victory. We've received victory through faith. Jump down to Romans 5 and 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's a, that's a settling thing. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. If Jesus Christ is not your Lord, you don't have peace with God. So people can say there's a lot of Islamic people and, and you know Muslim type people and things like that that will say things like, our gods are the same gods. We just call them a different thing. Let me tell you something. Unless your God is the God of Jesus Christ and, G- and you have accepted Jesus Christ, you don't have peace with that God. You may consider them the same God. But our God, you cannot have peace with unless you've received Jesus Christ. That's the, that's the bottom line. Even the Israel people, even the Israelites in the Jewish people, they have to receive the work that Jesus did in order to have peace with God. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Now turn me into 1 John uh, chapter 5 and we'll close with this. 1 John chapter 5 and 4. 1 John chapter 5 and 4. Again, number number 6, faith is our victory. 1 John 5 and 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So we're going to pray before we end. We're going to pray for Israel and the war that's going on. We're not going to pray for peace with these people. We're going to pray for peace within Israel, the state of Israel. But we're going to pray that they have that their missiles strike where they, they're intended to. We're going to pray that the bullets that come from those guns hit where they were intended to hit. We're going to pray that the people that are fighting on the lines within Israel are able to defend and hold the line that they intended to hold. We're not going to pray that there's peace between a, a terrorist state. We don't pray for terrorist states. We don't pray for these people to, to have peace with these people. We, we, we're praying that God deals and judges those people correctly, and we'll pray for the peace of Israel. This is a different kind of battle. This isn't some you know argument over someone stealing something or trying to acquire land. These are, these are God's people, and we're going to pray for the peace of those people. So faith is our victory. Even those people. Even the people within Israel have to have their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and they will see victory over these things. Let me pray for you and let me pray for the people of Israel. Lord, we thank you this morning. We thank you for your word. We ask that this morning as it went forth that there'd be power released, but there was also faith released this morning. I speak over every person listening under the sound of my voice that they'd be helped this morning. They'd they'd receive peace as well, that their life would begin to see peace. They'd begin to see hope in a future that you have promised them. And Lord, now we lift up the the state of Israel. We thank you, Lord, for strength. 
We thank you, Lord, for accuracy. We thank you, Lord, for direction. Lord, we thank you for the, the leaders within that country that you'd begin to speak to them and that they would hear from you. And we thank you, Lord, that there'd be no more loss within that country. We speak health. We seek, speak peace over the nation of Israel. And we speak for direction and what, what they should do and what direction they should go. In Jesus' name, we come against every attack of the enemy over across those lines. In Jesus' mighty name. And we thank you, Lord, for victory now. In Jesus' name we pray. Have a great day today. I love you. Thankful for you. Hope this started your day off the right way. And I'll see you on the next broadcast live bright and early on Get Up With God. That, this was your six points at 6 a.m. I'll see you on the next one. Bye-bye.